AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. China's protests look like they are about to run into resistance from the military. The House is getting ready to vote on a bill to prevent a strike by rail workers. And cow-calf producers, they're wondering when they'll get a break from the weather to start rebuilding herds. Live from National Mason Jar Day via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, we'll check in with U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa. Then it's the Farmer Forum with branchers Brett Crosby and Casey Schumacher. We'll get the news from Michelle Rook. I'm producer Big Apple Joe Stackler, and now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Joe, thank you very much. So what's your favorite thing that comes in a mason jar then? Mm, I don't know. I, I will, I'll tell you this, and people who are into yeah. mason jars are not going to be very pleased, but when I moved into my house, there were about four huge boxes of empty mason jars. I could not give them away oh. except to the recycle man. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, demand isn't what it used to be for the old mason jars, that's for no. sure. Uh, I'm still, I still create some demand for the mason jars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still use them on a regular basis. I mean, you got you got pickle stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, you know, like fish and beets. You got to mm-hmm. have that stuff around. You know, but there, uh, there, there is something special that does come in a mason jar that every now and then comes my way. I'm just saying, maybe somehow, some way <laughs> that that we need to partake in just a just a sip every now and then, Joe. Oh, That's it. right. Okay. I yeah. was going to say, are you trying to lead me on to some kind of Christmas present request or no. something? Oh. No. No. Huh. No. No. Not at all. It's all cool. It's all cool. All right, Joe. Thanks, buddy. Sure. Uh, welcome to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us this morning. We've got a lot of ground to cover. We've got Senator Grassley coming up. We've got several issues that we are going to cover with the senator. And then Casey Schumacher from Nebraska, Brett Crosby from Wyoming. Yeah, we're going to talk weather conditions. Yes, we are going to talk cattle prices and not just fed cattle prices let's talk about some of the the replacement females that that may be going out there but we are also going to talk uh the the conversation between senator grassley and uh casey and brett is going to overlap some because we'll get into the cattle market uh price discovery and transparency act as well Michelle Rook in for Davis Michelson. Good morning, Michelle. Hey, good morning. Oh, I want to hear about that. Are they going to get this Cattle Market Transparency Act? Are they going to get it introduced during the lame duck or not? I've heard Grassley say he is. Yeah. See, here's the deal. When we talked about it with Senator Grassley back in, I believe it was September, at that time he basically said, you know what? I've got to rely on Senator Tester to get this done. He's right. a Democrat. He's got Schumer's ear. We He should be able to get this bill introduced. When we talked to him again in October, late October, he wasn't nearly as confident that Tester was going to be able to get that job done and that he was going to have to be more aggressive. Well, 
what is the plan for the lame duck? That's what we're going to find out mm, from Senator Grassley coming up here in a little bit. You know, I got right. to interject. At the time, remember we were talking about that. We weren't sure which way the Senate was going to go. Yes. There was a concern, I think, uh, that he might not be able to get it done with the new Senate. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's perfect time for an update. We've got to get an update on what's going on with the Price Discovery Transparency Act. And we'll get it. We'll get it. I know it's All important right. to a lot of producers, so we'll see where it goes. All right. That's well, right. What you got? Well, we're still following uh, the railroad strike, or at least it looks like now the House is going to vote today on legislation to avert it, and that would have happened as early as December 9th if we did have a strike. Now, after a meeting with the president at the White House yesterday, congressional leaders in both parties did agree that they'll quickly draft the legislation needed to prevent a work stoppage. The Railroad Labor Act empowers Congress to require rail companies and unions to accept labor agreements rejected by their members through lawmakers uh, though lawmakers can order both sides to push back a strike deadline or refer the negotiations to arbitration. Now, of note, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi also announced yeah. plans for a separate vote on whether to add yeah. seven days of sick leave onto the contract. So the American Association of Railroads released a statement saying that the addition of that to the labor contract would undermine future collective bargaining efforts, interestingly enough. Uh, yeah, I... Listen, we're going to go ahead and pass the rules, but then we're going to pass the law that may also change the rules. It, it I, this is confusing to me, Michelle, it, and it has been for quite for a little while now. But this adds to the confusion for a guy like me, anyway. Well, and the American Association of Railroads also said that uh, don't think that there isn't sick leave in the you know the labor contract already. You know, there's right. a lot of myths that have been flying around about that absolutely they talk about this one day of sick leave no it's one additional day yep of sick leave that's right yeah all right and by court order today epa is expected to announce the volume requirements under the renewable fuels standard for 2023 and actually beyond maybe even 24 it will then appear in the federal register to formally open the comment period on the plan that could take a week or two though Now, the rule is expected to address electric vehicles charged with electricity from biomass and biogas and how the biofuels certificates and e-renewable identification numbers would be handed out. Meanwhile, in other renewable fuels news, Farm State Senators Deb Fisher of Nebraska and Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota have unveiled a bill to allow year-round E15 sales, and this legislation apparently does have the support of the oil industry, so that would be different. Yeah. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell will make remarks today. The big event at the Brookings Institute will touch on the economic outlook, inflation, and the labor market. It'll be his last chance, basically, to talk about what the central bank might be thinking about before the blackout period, before uh, their meeting on yep. the 13th and 14th. Yeah, and, and that those comments are going to come after the U.S. economy. It was announced that the U.S. economy grew at an annualized rate 2.9% 2. 9. in the third third quarter of 2022 so he's there there's some interesting dynamics happening in the in the economy right now we've got the growth rate back but the labor market does seem to be tightening a bit it, it's uh, strange combinations yeah a lot of mixed signals there for the fed to work mm-hmm. through but they seem to be uh, still pretty hawkish 
Uh, China vows crackdown on hostile forces. The Communist Party has vowed to resolutely crack down on infiltration and sabotage activities following the largest street demonstrations and protests in decades over their COVID restrictions. Meanwhile, China hopes to calm some of the anger by loosening restrictions without unleashing a wave of sickness. On Tuesday, the National Health Commission announced a plan to accelerate the promotion of COVID vaccines for the elderly. And of course, we know their economic activity has continued to contract. Economists now expect their growth rate to be the weakest in decades, including 2020. Yeah. Meanwhile, China bought uh, 136,000 metric tons or 5 million bushels of U.S. soybeans this morning for this current marketing year. Uh, USDA also released its last crop progress report of the year yesterday. Winter wheat ratings improved 2% to 34% good to excellent, but remember it still ties with 2012 for the lowest on record. Yeah, yeah, really tough out there, but there was some improvement. Uh, To me, a little bit of surprise there in that improvement. All right, Michelle, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again this afternoon. You bet. Talk to you then. All right, that's Michelle Rook. Okay, when we come back, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we've got a lot of ground to cover, and the guy to do it is Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa. We are going to talk about E15. We are going to talk about cattle market. We are going to talk about the RVOs coming from EPA. Senator Grassley, next on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. What if your commercial beef herd could be better than you thought possible? Genetic testing can help give you more confidence about what your herd is made of, and more importantly, what it can be. Inherit Select from Zoetis provides data-driven genetic insights to help you make more informed selection, breeding, and culling decisions about your cows and heifers. The journey from genetic potential to reality begins with Inherit Select. Ask a genetics rep how to save on testing with our whole herd promotion. Go to beefgenetics.com forward slash radio. AgriTalk is brought to you by the NRCS Conservation Stewardship Program, which cost shares more than 150 practices on farms and ranches. Visit your local service center or farmers.gov today. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us this morning. Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa joins us right now. Senator Grassley, welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm glad to be with you, and I think since this is the first time I've talked to you since the election, I would thank uh, all the agriculture organizations, the commodity groups, and farmers that trusted me uh, with another term in the United States Senate. I enjoy uh, Iowans, uh, love Iowa, love serving Iowans, and particularly uh, being a spokesperson as one of only two grain farmers in the United States Senate yeah. uh, for uh advocating for agriculture and telling that story yeah excellent excellent that was first on my list was some congratulations on your re-election and and uh here's the deal what as i see things you've got a you've got a a long list with priorities on it uh, set up and ready to go i want to get into some of those uh because you just 
this has been on your list. Wait a second. What am I doing? I got to back up here a second. How did Harvest wrap up? Well, it wrapped up, uh, uh, my gosh, it wrapped up uh, the Thursday or maybe 10 days before the election. It was really fast this year. And I can tell you, I can't give you figures because I haven't had final figures, but I can tell you uh, our soybean crop was either the best we've had or the second best we've ever had. Good. And I can tell you that our uh, our corn on the on the uh, where we have low uh, C uh, SR uh, was uh, average, and where we had the best CSR, it's the best corn we've ever had. Wow, good, good. All right, well, it says something about soil quality, right there. That that is for sure. Okay, uh, you're, you've you've been talking about making uh, E15 available year-round for quite some time. There's some new legislation. You've added your support to it. Tell us about it. Well, for instance, uh, this is something that just this very day I'm tweeting on. It's an effort uh, by uh, uh, several senators in the Midwest. Uh, And a shocking thing about it is this is something that uh, the oil industry supporting as well, E15 year-round, it gives them an opportunity to sell more of their product, but several of them are in, uh, 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 have some investments in biofuels, uh, and so we're trying to promote E15 year-round, and we have a recent piece of legislation that's been put in that with uh, Klobuchar, Fisher, Grassley, and Ernst as uh, four people that are backing it. And I think some of it comes because, you know, there's some discretion for governors uh, to uh, issue year-round E15. And I think that's why the oil industry got involved, because they know that uh, several Midwestern governors are going to do exactly that. Yeah, and it gives the another reason that it uh, that the oil industry is supporting it is because it extends the lifetime of liquid fuel in the system, doesn't it? Uh, yes, it does, and it ought to. Uh, yeah. What we need in biofuels is certainty. Uh, this week, maybe even this very day, uh, EPA is going to come out with their RVOs. Yep. Uh, we, uh, if you can believe uh, Regan, uh, the EPA director, he told me a year ago that that uh, with some backtracking that they did a year ago, we didn't need to worry about the future. There was going to be growth uh, for biofuel use. And uh, that's per, that's something that I'm counting on him keeping his word. And we hope that they get out for uh, uh, 2023 and 24 so we can have a long view. Yeah. Yeah. That, if that's not released by the end of the business day, that is going to be news in itself uh, because this is a court order deadline that they that they have in place. Uh, and this is so important. We, we, the last conversation that we had with Administrator Regan, we asked him about the the uh, the uh, engagement of Congress in the RFS reset, and he was hoping for more engagement from Congress. Is that something that is well, that could happen going forward? I would I would like to have it happen because when the law says you have to mix uh, X billion of dollars of or X billion of gallons of uh, uh, ethanol with gasoline, it gives some certainty. 
Now, that had been the law since 2007, but it sunset uh, this year, and uh, so we have to rely upon uh, EPA to do it by administrative action, and that's why I'm counting on this promise by Regan that he was going to keep growing uh, biofuels, and particularly the advanced uh, biofuels. And, uh, and, uh, but if we could pass legislation to do this, it would be better, but I think mm -hmm. we... Uh, we at least aren't going to get a pass this year. Uh, we aren't going to give up trying to do that. But uh, right now, we're at the behest uh, since uh, uh, the 15 billion gallon mandate has sunset. We're up to uh, just what Regan said he's willing to do. And he said we're going to get more every year. We'll have to see. And hopefully by the end of the day, we aren't disappointed. Right, right. Yeah, you, you know, this is one of those situations where I think we have to wait for the details. And, and if there is disappointment in the RFS reset and the, the, the future RVOs, uh, we'll talk again and, and see if there are plans for legislation to, to get that biofuel build in use going forward. Uh, another deadline that we're looking at, the December 16th deadline on the new funding bills, keep the government running. Is there going to be a continuing resolution to fund the government through the lame duck Congress, or is there going to be an actual fiscal 23 funding bill? Well, I wish I could give you a definitive answer. Yesterday in the Republican leadership, we had a meeting on this very subject, and it's still pretty much up in the air. And it's up in the air because the Republicans aren't in the majority and we aren't setting the agenda, and the Democrats are doing that. And we've got uh, all we can do is uh, hopefully the Democrats sit down and negotiate with us so we get 60 votes to get something done. But if we can, uh, if we don't get a, uh omnibus appropriation bill to get us through to September 30th, we obviously can't shut down government. We're going to have to pass another continuing resolution. But the best thing to do would be to get a, uh omnibus appropriation bill. Yeah, does this also mean raising the debt ceiling? It could be part of it. I doubt if it will be part of it, but it'd be nice if it could be. So we don't have to worry about next March or April uh, worrying about that. Okay. All right. Uh, the Cattle Market Price Discovery and Transparency Act. What's the status? What's the latest developments? <clears throat> well, I had a talk with Senator Tres Tester yesterday. He's the other uh, farmer in the United States Senate, and he's very much uh, a leader on uh, my legislation. And uh, he's uh, still talking to Schumer about getting it up. And I suggested to him if Schumer doesn't deliver on that promise yet this year, uh, we need to try to get it done next year through the farm bill. Okay. Um, I, the momentum on, on the act seems to be lacking. And when, when I talk with cattle producers in, in your state, uh, and northern cattle producers, they really want to see this at least get a vote from the Senate. Are you willing to put some odds on whether or not that's going to happen? Well, I'm just counting on Tester getting uh, Schumer to uh, set the agenda because Schumer is the one person that decides what's coming up in the United States Senate because he's the majority leader. Okay. Okay. All right. Very good. Um what should the U.S. message to the Chinese Communist Party be as, as civilians there protest the COVID shutdowns and other 
restrictions? Well, don't you think as a democracy, it's the responsibility of the United States government uh, to promote peaceful uh, demonstrations, uh, to urge uh, people to uh, uh, let the people participate in the governmental process. Uh, it's a hard thing to do when you have communism that doesn't believe in democracy, uh, but it's our it's our responsibility to encourage uh, peaceful demonstration. It's our uh, interest to give moral support to it. Beyond that, uh, we can't do much. If there is a if the protesters do run in, oh man, we're running out of time. If the protesters do run into some military resistance, do, does that trigger some sort of a, a an official response from the White House? Well, if it's uh, if it was military uh, action against the Chinese people, no. As long as everything is inside of the boundary, but we sure need to go to the. UN and make as big of an issue out of it as we can in in the international debates that you can have there. We need to bring all sort of sympathy to the America or to the Chinese people that are being ill treated, and if they're being killed by military action, uh, that's something that we uh, just obviously have to condemn. Gotcha, gotcha, Senator Grassley. Thank you so much. Go Panther. Go Cyclone volleyball. You bet. God bless you. Hope, All right. That is Senator we, Chuck Harrisley so from far. Iowa. Goodbye. You bet. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. And joining us now as we wrap up November is Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady. Uh, Beach, are you getting any signals, messages from the grain markets this morning? Oh, I, I think that uh, the meal market chip uh, turning higher. Um, you know, soybeans, we had a daily sale uh, to China. And, and uh, so I, I think that that's uh, price supportive, um, you know, obviously reflected in this morning's action. Uh, but the soy oil market's under heavy pressure. And, and so that's limiting the buyer interest in soybeans uh, in particular. Uh, corn market uh, <laughs> just continues to kind of drift sideways with a, a weaker tone this morning. And then the, uh, the wheat market, uh, winter wheat markets are, are trading to the upside uncorrected buying here to, to close out the month so uh all in all you know relatively quiet and just uninspired trade i think so far in the grain and soy markets yeah you mentioned the soybean oil market being under pressure that's with crude oil trading to the upside it it i mean here we are we're still above 75 cents and, and i'm looking at the d's contract but uh we're still above 75 cents that's probably just prompting some profit taking in there isn't it 
Yeah, I you know I wouldn't read too much into today's yeah. price action to be honest with you. It's end of month stuff. We'll see what happens with the flip of the calendar tomorrow. Yep. Okay. Hogs finally got a positive sign in there. Absolutely, uh, and you know they opened with a weaker tone, so uh, we that uh, lower open uh, after recent heavy price pressure uh, encouraged some corrected buyer interest in, in being led up by the nearby December contract. But uh, February is also following solidly to the upside this morning. Live cattle futures still anticipating uh, firmer cash trade. Haven't seen anything there develop yet, though, and and so buyer interest is limited, and then uh, feeders supported by the weakness in the corn market. Good stuff, Brian. That is ProFarmer editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us this morning. It's time for this week's Farmer Forum. We're going to make it a rancher's forum this week. We got Casey Schumacher out in northwest Nebraska. Casey, welcome back to AgriTalk, man. How are you? Morning, Chip. Doing pretty good. A little chilly this morning. We had to touch down in the single digits and below zero in a few places. Yeah, yeah. How is the weather treating you so far, Casey? Oh, it's been a pretty, we've, we've been dry. It, it's an open yeah. winter. We're grazing a lot of cows. So we could sure take some more moisture and knock the dust down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk more about that as time goes on, as we talk about what's going on in the, the female markets and so on. Brett Crosby in Wyoming is with us as well. Brett, welcome back. It's good to talk with you again, man. It's good to talk with you, Chip. How are you? We're doing just fine, just fine. As Casey said, things cooled off here. I'd imagine you got a little chilly this morning too, didn't you? Oh yeah, we. Uh, but you know, we're we're a little bit warmer than Casey. I mean, we didn't. We we only got down to one, so uh, we were above zero. <laughs> good, good for you. I'm glad that the, the, glad that you got a bit of a heat wave going there, Brett. Yeah, um, warm spell, warm spell yep, going. Yep, that's right. That's right. Brad, I do want to start with you and the conversation that we just had with Senator Grassley. Uh, it it seems as if he's leaving the 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 push, and I shouldn't say it that way, I guess. But Senator Grassley is relying on Senator Tester from Montana to push forward the Cattle Market Price Discovery and Transparency Act, and I know that's because of the results of the. Of, of the election and, and the Democrats retaining control of the Senate. Uh, what, what do you want to see done with this? I want to see it passed. Uh, we, we, we have to have, we have to have this we, to preserve price discovery chip. We have to have this, and this isn't new regulation. It's not a mandate. This is fixing the, the unintended consequences from the the mandatory price reporting we've we've gotten to the point where where mandatory price reporting gives uh gives packers so much information that for free uh that that they uh they've moved to formula pricing and it has cannibalized cash and we we have to protect that cash market and i don't think it's too much to ask for packers to 
to to buy on the cash market and contribute to the data set that they are using for free to price the rest of their cattle. Um, we're not talking about huge volumes. We're talking about 10, 15, 20% of, of their market. This isn't something that is, is going to affect them drastically like they um, purport. Yes. And Casey, or, uh, excuse me, Brett. I want to stay with Brett for here here for a moment. I followed your arguments on this. You are not arguing for for the mandated cash trade in an effort to support cash prices. You're arguing for it just for transparency. You are not making the argument that this is going to quote unquote lift cash prices, right? No, it's not going to do anything to cash prices. What it is going to do is tell us what the competitive market forces say uh, cash prices are, are telling us cash prices are. In other words, it is going to ensure that we have enough information to know what cattle are actually worth. Mm-hmm. Casey, what's your take on this situation? I think uh, Brett couldn't have said it any better. One of the big things, uh, if you look at, look at uh, fat cattle in the auction barn that is exempt from MPR. They're, they they bring a premium. This is data that's important, and it, it's being given away for free. A, a lot of the push, uh, you hear guys say that you know the it's a sales deal. These uh, these grids and formulas mm-hmm. are to uh, reward higher quality cattle. Well, in some instances they do that, but the major thing they do is they transfer risk from the packer to the producer. And, and that is something that, uh, you know, it, they ought to have to pay for transferring that risk. Okay. Hey, Casey, explain that sale barn comment a little bit further, how the sale barn cattle are bringing a premium. What, why is that? Uh, <laughs> they're exempt from NPR. That, that's kind of my thoughts on the issue. You can go into Iowa, Eastern South Dakota and look at those market reports and, uh, you know, those cattle are bringing in in the dollar sixties right now for fat cattle. Okay. Brett, do you in, think that's in accurate? Other, in other words, Chip, yeah, no. well, it, it, I think that's one reason because, because if they aren't, if they aren't part of the, uh, the five area average or NPR, uh, then there, it's not going to affect the base price for all of the formula cattle that the cattle are, that the packers are buying. Okay. Okay, very good. Now, I, I, I want to throw this out there, too. Sometimes those sale barn cattle will fill in some of the holes that, that a packer might have here or there, and holes in the major packers. I know, I know, they rarely exist. I get that. Uh, but sometimes the the smaller packers, uh, processors out there might say, you know what, we need another five head today. Go to the sale barn and get them bought. We just got to have them. So, anyway, Um yeah, and, and and I think that I think that's part of it too, Chip. Yeah. I, I I don't think it's all because of NPR, but right. uh, but I'll tell you what: if we don't get this passed, what is uh, what is the what's the motivation for for us to even have NPR? Why should we give Why should we give our information away for free so that uh, so that other other feedlots can make an extra twenty five dollars a head? Okay, so it, it, let's 
let, let's talk to a southern feedlot here for a second, Brett. And that that feedlot operator is going to is going to say, listen, I found a way to be most efficient in my marketing through some of these alternative uh, marketing agreements. Are, are we talking? You're not talking about taking away that ability, are you? I'm talking about taking away the mandated price reporting. Why, why should we give him something for free um, through a government mandate and, uh, and allow him to, to uh, receive an extra $25 a head, which is about what okay. the premium is for a, a formula? Okay. Okay. So do you, if we don't, if we don't get the price reporting out there to the, to the industry, aren't we losing some of the transparency at the same time? We've got to have price reporting, right? Well, do we, I I mean, if price reporting is going to, is going to cannibalize the cash market and price discovery, do we really have to have it? Um, it, it, I mean, you know what the grapevine is. We we yeah. all know what the cash price is. Yep. It, it it doesn't take very long to know what the cash price is. So why uh, why mandate that it be reported if it if it is going to uh, if it's if it's going to undermine price discovery in the long run? All right, Casey, your thoughts on that? I I'm. I'm the same place Brad is. That's okay. Uh, it's it's one of those things that uh, you, you see it in the feeders. If somebody comes to the country and wants to wants to buy your feeder calves, what are they going to price them off? They're going to look at the local sale barn report, and that's how they're going to sell it to you. Well, that's right. you know that sale barn uh, that they they don't mean to just give that away for free. That's just how the market market works mm-hmm. gotcha gotcha all right let's move on we we may end up back on this topic and i'm not and and if we do come back to it i'm all for that but when i think about what is going to make your guys's life easier in the year ahead i mean it goes straight to weather right casey if we could get some some rain uh out in your area my gosh it'd make life a whole lot easier wouldn't it it's it's going to be everybody waiting on rain this spring from south central Nebraska, Kansas, pretty much the western United States. What I've drove through is is pretty rough shape. And, you know, you look at what these uh, hay prices are. I did see a USDA chart the other day that we had the lowest hay production since on more acres since like 1959. You know, it, uh, $1.50 a day is what I'm hearing for stocks and... Uh, you're three bucks a day if you're feeding hay right now. Mm. <laughs> Brett, do those numbers make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, uh, hay is uh, hay in my area is two hundred and fifty dollars uh, to three hundred dollars a ton. So uh, you know, you're looking at uh, uh, you're you're looking at upwards of a hundred dollars uh, a head per month uh, if you're feeding three hundred dollar hay yeah 
Yeah, and we've got to have a market that is going to provide incentive to keep that cow on feed. And I, I don't know if we've got that right now or not. That's what I want to talk about next with Casey Schumacher from Northwest Nebraska, Brett Crosby from Wyoming. What's got to happen in these markets going forward to keep the cow out on grass and, and on feed? Uh, and, and what are the plans for the future? What What's the, the female, the heifer in the cow market telling you about the future of the cattle industry? We're going to talk about that next with Casey and Brett right here on AgriTalk. What if your commercial beef herd could be better than you thought possible? Genetic testing can help give you more confidence about what your herd is made of, and more importantly, what it can be. Inherit Select from Zoetis provides data-driven genetic insights to help you make more informed selection, breeding, and culling decisions about your cows and heifers. The journey from genetic potential to reality begins with Inherit Select. Ask a genetics rep how to save on testing with our whole herd promotion. Go to beefgenetics.com forward slash radio. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. When news breaks, the newsmakers talk about it on AgriTalk with Chip Flory. Welcome back to AgriTalk and the Farmer Forum. I want to get back to the conversation with Casey and Brett as quickly as we can. But first, let's make time for Yields in the Field. Yields in the Fields on AgriTalk is brought to you by Microessentials from Mosaic, the science of more. Discover our proven products. Text YIELDS to 31313. All right, we were in South America for yesterday's yields in the field. We're going to stay right there today. December is for filling pods on much of the Brazilian bean crop. The bean crop in northern production areas has good moisture, uh, but the southern production areas are very much in need for timely rains to maintain expectations for a bumper crop there. And, boy, the expectations are very high. Yields in the field is brought to you by Microessentials from Mosaic. Let's get back to Casey Schumacher from Nebraska, Brett Crosby from Wyoming. Brett, talk to me about the 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 market for heifers. Talk to me about the market for bred cows. Is is there much demand out there at all? Well, when you're looking at at a hundred dollars a month to feed right. them through the winter, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> is the short answer. Uh, even though we're looking at sixteen hundred, you know, fourteen hundred dollar calves next fall, uh, you know, you take four hundred dollars off of that, and then you you divide it by about eighty percent is what you're gonna you're gonna yep. sell. In other words, eight eight calves for every ten cows. You're looking at five hundred bucks. So you're you're back down to a a, a nine hundred dollar calf uh, at, by the time you take the feed bill off. So no, um, there's not a lot of uh, 
there's not a lot of interest. Uh, young cattle are bringing $1,600, which is what they were bringing three years ago. And, and, um, and, and so I expect that, that they'll get more valuable as the, as the winter uh, moves on and the yep. spring gets closer. But the other thing is, you know, there's not uh, people, people are hurting. They don't, they don't have a lot of cash. So um, it, it'll depend on how much the bank is willing to yep. to uh, give them to to replace their herds. Yep, Casey, your take on the situation? It's it's pretty wild to see. Looking at some of the market reports, it's uh, about as wild as the corn basis maps. And the the other thing that is interesting right now is you get out in Brett's country, Western Montana, Idaho. Uh, they're still filling the trucks up with $6 diesel. I'm hearing some guys getting under $4 uh, Eastern Nebraska and Iowa in the trucks. But uh, by the time you feed them and you haul them anywhere, you, you got a ton of money wrapped up in these cows. And looking at what interest rates are, you know, a $2,000 cow in 12 months, you're going to have $150 interest in her. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. What does this tell you about the future of the cow-calf business out your way, Casey? There, there's a lot of folks wanting to get ahead of the rain. If if it rains, I think, you know, guys are going to push as hard as they can, as hard as the banks will let them. Uh, you know, this is, this is cow country. Guys still want to run cows. But you're seeing folks that have other options, uh, guys that have more uh, grain country, you know, they, they don't want to mess with it anymore. There, there's guys getting out of it. So it's it's going to be interesting. I don't think you'll see the expansion phase be near as gangbuster as we've seen just yeah. in the last cycle. Yep. Yeah. And and from my point, point of view as a consumer out here, Brett, that concerns me big time that the next wave of expansion, I understand that that an expansion wave takes the females out of the slaughter mix for a period of time. And we've got to, to rebuild that herd. And that means $175 uh, fat cattle price. I, I, I don't know any way around something like that from happening. So I understand that it's going to mean higher beef prices for at least a short period of time, but without the expansion as aggressively as it should be, or could be when the rains do come back, this has got me really concerned for the future, for the long for for the long term outlook of this market, uh, the, 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 the there are two things that concern me. Number one, are are we going to outprice the consumer's willingness yep. to uh, to buy beef? And um, that doesn't concern me quite as much as the other thing that concerns me, which is. Which is we're going to see if we see a rapid expansion and people are holding a lot of females back, um, there, there's going to be a real shortage of fat cattle, which means, uh, plants are going to be running at way below capacity and way below, um, break even capacity. And does that mean we lose more, uh, more kill capacity? Uh, for the next cycle that happened in 2014 and and 15 and it killed us so we don't want to see we don't want to see plants uh, shutting down capacity yeah and this is something that 
we've brought up several times when we talk about the new capacity and the support for new regional smaller processing facilities coming online i love the idea of more capacity i love the idea of more competition if we had the cattle to feed the the demand for cattle not so much the demand for beef but the demand for cattle and it's one of those areas that as the new processors come online holy smokes it it feels like a real challenge for them to get the cattle that they need going forward doesn't it brad uh, absolutely. And, and they're going to have to find ways to, well, number one, they're going to have to find ways to, uh, to market their drop because right now the, the byproduct value for, for steer is, uh, around $160, $70 a head. And a lot of these small plants, uh, are, are getting nothing or have, they're having to pay to get rid of it. Yep. So they've they've got it. They've got to find a way to to uh, get value from the the byproducts, but they also have to differentiate. You know, they have to find ways that make their product value added. Uh, you know, for, this is from X Y Z Farm, and this is what yep. they do. Yep, you guys, we could we could do this all day. Uh, I enjoyed this conversation deeply, and I hope you did too. And guys, be safe this winter. We'll talk again soon, all right? Thank you so much. That's Casey Schumacher. Thanks, yep. Yep, Casey in Nebraska, Brett in Wyoming.